Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger 10, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. Oh wait. Are you are you done? Are you Yeah, that's right. I'm back, Jack. The black and pink attack is back. The excellence of comic book execution is here to stay. Layla, you're out. Tad, we're in. This uh, is Blue Tiger Revenge and I'm running hot 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 because people have been talking some serious shit and now I'm on my own revenge tour in 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 the interior of the Blue Tiger universe. Wow. Okay. Well, it, yeah. That's all I got. That's it. I blew off my steam. I'm okay now. Oh, okay. Well, who are you? I, I'm com- I'm comic book creator Tagalusha, and I'm finally back from Big Island, Hawaii. Beautiful, beautiful vacation. Sun, surf, girls, and by girls, I mean my beautiful wife. Love you, Dr. Wife. Sand, sunburn. You know, everything goes with it, getting lost in the jungle, a little bit of rain. But hey, I'm here, and this is, that's right, the greatest comic book podcast on the face of the earth. And with me is my co-host. You love him. You know him. He stabbed me in the back, all the way through the back to the heart. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The king of beards, the heart and soul, Big Brian Bales. I was hoping Layla was going to be on the other line and was uh, disappointed, but yep. she's going to refute my my little tantrum there. In the I should I should have brought her in. What if I just like WWF promo? Like, by God, it's Layla with the chair out of nowhere. You just hear <laughs> Layla go. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you've been, Tad. That's right. You need to leave. <laughs> leave now. Well, welcome yeah, back. Thanks. It uh, it's been three years since I got to escape the Great White North and go on a real vacation. Um, I mean, I left a few times, come visit you here and there, but like to actually like do nothing. Yeah. Oh my God, it, folks! If you if you can carve out any amount of time for you to just sit and do nothing, whether it's your at in your vicinity or someplace else, mm-hmm. do it just for your sound of mind. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was, it was needed. It was definitely needed. Nice. But yeah, it was was good. Good. Hung out with, uh, former guest, uh, Brett Vale. Shout out to, uh, Escape from LA Films. Heck yeah. Yeah. That was a ton of fun seeing them. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we talked about some future projects. I don't know. I can't say. Can't say. Can't say much. Mom's the word. That's right. That's right. Have we had meetings since I've been back? Yeah, maybe we have. Production meetings. I don't know. Shh, quiet. <laughs> uh, anyways. Real subtle. Real subtle. Yeah. 
But uh, but hey, I gotta admit, even though you guys threw down some epic amounts of shit in my absence, yeah, it was a damn good episode. As much as I hate to admit it, Caitlin, I need to meet her. She sounds wonderful. Yeah, she was really great, and she'll be at Emerald City, so we'll be able to we'll be able to meet her in person. Oh, cool! Yeah, uh, we should uh, we should all like hang out like after one of the evenings. Yeah, maybe go out and get a drink or something. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, that's right, folks. Emerald City's coming up the end of or first weekend in March. We will be there. We'll be there. That's right. Yeah, I will be selling for the first time only original pages from Cretaceous. That's right. I'm letting the baby go and putting it up for adoption. So come, pay the fees, buy the pages, get it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> So what I miss, what I miss besides, you know, you guys like fucking, you know, taking pot shots at me in my absence. Well, let's see. Well, I, I think the obviously the biggest thing is the, the uh, you know, the, the reveal of the DC slate going forward. Oh, I didn't hear. Like I said, I was lost in the jungles. <laughs> Lay it on me, big bry. <laughs> well. They're, they they went they went full Marvel with their uh you know how they're revealing things and uh you know how Marvel has their phases well DC is calling theirs chapters um okay so chapter one is called Gods and Monsters and uh, which is That's good cool. That's a good title I like it and yeah. uh, they revealed like the first half of the of that chapter through the slates so it's going to be a combination which i think is cool it's like a con- combination of animated movies tv sh- hbo max shows and then movies and okay that sounds cool yeah so some of the highlights obviously if we're talking about movies and i'll and i'll start there um you know the first the first movie um fully under the you know uh, gun and saffron will be a uh, superman legacy written by okay. written by james gunn i don't think he's they haven't said who's directing it yet um and then they're gonna do they're gonna be doing a batman the brave and the bold movie which is gonna focus on uh batman as well as they're bringing in damian wayne his estranged assassin's son to be robin which i think will be great the the grant morrison run on that was really good it was interesting though when they showed like it seemed like they showed comics that they were going to reference that the movies were kind of referenced from um at least so i'm guess did they reference the what was it the andy kubert grant morrison no, uh damien no they didn't they introduction because that was like where he was i was in school when yeah uh, at the kubert school when adam was working on that it was like a big deal yeah you know? so they referenced for the superman they referenced all-star superman which is uh morrison and quietly which is great great book yeah um, i think it's regarded as like one of one of the, the best top, yeah, yeah one of, you absolutely know I hate to admit, I've never actually read it. I love Quietly, and I actually really like Morrison's work. Yeah. And I've never, uh, I've oh, never read that one. It's great. And then they and then they referenced um, his his uh, Batman Morrison and Quietly's Batman run, Batman and Robin run, which is interesting oh. because the pictures, like the pictures of the comics that they showed of like Batman and 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 Robin of of Damien that with all of the pictures that they showed were of Dick Grayson and Robin but it's going to be where, where Dick Grayson was Batman um, oh, okay cuz there was a time where they thought Bruce was dead and Dick took the took the mantle um okay but to me they're not going to have him be Batman Bruce Wayne will be Batman but they're going to cast a new Batman but to me that means there's going to be other members of the Bat family in the movie which is going to be great um Maybe they'll finally get uh, 
what was it bat batwoman or batgirl, batgirl. they had yeah yeah is that the movie that they made and then we're like we're never gonna release this yeah which is so apparently it's unwatchable if you ask that's what peter saffron the co-head of dc studios with james gunn he said i watched it and it was un it's unreleasable that must mean like let's just be honest if you've got executives of studios saying that guys who are like their entire existence revolves around like how much money was spent yeah on a product that's going to be put out whether it's gets good reviews or bad yeah it must be pretty bad yeah which bums me out it bums me out because i was looking forward to that um i wonder i wonder what happened i yeah be so curious to be um have a real conversation with somebody yeah because like it's so rare that movies get in that situation like i know the only movie i'm familiar with there was a movie called i think it was like green Mm -hmm. and it was a jack black and um Oh, what's his name? Uh, he was Zoolander. Oh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller and Jack Black had a movie called Green that that they start co-starred in, and it was like where they were both like janitors or something, and then one of them has an idea. Mm-hmm. I think it was Jack Black, and he asks asks yeah. asks uh, what's his name to like oh want to be a partner with me on this this idea yeah and you know anyways apparently they like the movie was so bad that they refused to release it and then it came out like 10 years later for a video rental and it it did a lot better than than people thought it was going to be sure you know what i mean um it, i mean it was still bad but it wasn't like yeah i mean both those guys have put out some real like you know goofy oh, yeah. movies real oh, goofy yeah. movies so it's not like it was like anything out of the ordinary <laughs> you know what i mean yep but, and then huh. the one the one you'll love, which uh, they referenced, and what they referenced was this was the uh, Lobo. Nope, uh, uh, Swamp Thing. Okay, I'm back. But in. they back but in. they refer the comic that they referenced was uh, Alan Moore, Steve Bissett, Saga of the Swamp Thing. Can we get a cameo with Steve in there, please? Right, that would be cool. Get that would be great. On. And yeah. then uh, apparently the the rumor on that is that James Mangold is going to write and direct that movie, which I'm oh. on board. He's the guy who did Logan, right? Yep, and he's doing oh. the new Indiana Jones. Yeah, I'm 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 in. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be. Like I don't I don't see how that would be bad in any way. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, so th- I'll be at the theater for that. Those one. those if- movies all like I'm looking forward to all the movies, the TV shows. They've got a couple animated ones, Creature Commando. Um, uh, which is James Gunn is doing, and then a Suicide Squad spinoff uh, called Waller, all about Amanda Waller. Um, that James Gunn good. is doing, yeah, it's gonna be great. And then those are animated. No, uh, Creature Commander is or Commando is Waller okay. is live action, and then uh, oh. they're actually pushing back the second season of Peacemaker to make Waller, but it's, so it's all the same the same people doing Peacemaker. Um, well, you know that. Um, I mean, Waller will probably be a great vehicle to like introduce the characters just because of the dynamic that's set up yeah. in that type of narrative or the way it's structured. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I agree. And then what else? Uh, they're doing a lanterns, which, uh, green, which is, uh, Hal Jordan, John Stewart. Apparently it's like true detective style of them in the galaxy, which I think is pretty rad. Um, as long, yeah, as long as it's not like that. One Green Lantern thing that happened in the in movies? No, 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 no. I doubt it. 
Uh, what else did they announce? They announced like a what's it called? Paradise Island, which is like a Wonder Woman prequel. I think I read something about that because they were I saw something they were quoted like, yeah, we want to go with like more of like a Game of Thrones vibe, but with Wonder Woman's paradise, right? Yeah, that's that, interesting. Which, interesting. I like that. I yeah. think that could be really cool because like, isn't her whole mythology? She's like entwined in like Greek mythology, yep. right? Like yep. she deals with like Hera and Zeus and all that kind of stuff. Like he could get in some really. Yeah, you could you could you could do some crazy stuff there. Um, yeah, there also- and her. Or- oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say her or like Wonder Woman, even though in the comics, it seems like a lot of it's centered around Diana and like her living, yeah. you know, in the city, blah, 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 Justice League and all that stuff. But like the stuff, uh, her origin and like her mother's origin is like really dark and twisted. Like, yeah, there's some really like messed up stuff. Like, yeah. uh, like again, like when they had to deal with like Hercules back then, because I think like Hercules is a really dark character in her in her past. Probably. Oh. I, I couldn't even tell you. Um, the other, the other show that I remember, I might be, I don't think I'm missing any, but they're also going to do a boost, a live action booster gold. Oh, he's real popular. Him and like blue beetle are always yeah. like big fan favorites. I don't know much about the characters, he's, but I know he's that like they're... a lovable loser. Like he was, a, okay. he's a loser from the future who steals technology to come back in time to be a famous superhero. That sounds so like something like a YouTuber, or Instagram famous person would yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you they go that route too. I, I guarantee you they go. They do something like that. Like uh, think about it, Logan Paul in like uh, fifteen years into the future, like does something that makes the Japan incident look like nothing, and then he's like, you know what? I know this guy over at MIT and <laughs> yeah. steals a bunch of tech, goes back in time. And like, you know, and now he's like, yeah, yeah, look, I'm a superhero. <laughs> yeah, right. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, and apparently casting's underway for a lot of these things. So uh, I'll be curious to kind of see uh, the, what we do. Oh, the other thing is that they're having two different lines, which I think is great. So they're doing like their main DCU line where everything's yeah. in continuity. And then you've got movies like, you know, the the the. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker movie, Matt Reeves, the Batman movies. Um, those are all Elseworlds. Oh, beautiful. I mean, like, let's be honest. That's the stuff that, like, really, like, really excelled, like, on a whole nother level. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, um, and I that think, opens the door. We can do anything. Yeah, exactly. Give me, give me Batman Beyond, Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come would be really great. Um Kingdom Come would be actually really great to kind of give those give guys like Cavill an actual exit, like do a Kingdom Come where they're old. That'd be yeah, cool. I'd, I'd be down for that. That would be but, interesting. Yeah, I'll be curious just to kind of see who they end up casting for for all of these, uh, you know, for these new hero roles. So it's kind of wow. interesting, you know. Um, this is this is pretty big news. Like, I mean, yeah. like I, you know me, I'm not a big like, I guess superhero cinema guy. Yeah, but. Um, like this is this had to have been like huge news throughout the the industry. Like people must have been really like going crazy for it. I yeah, I think quite a few people were. I and it's only one half of chapter one of the Gods and Monsters um uh, well, chapter. So I mean, we know why they do that is because it's like it's, it's a way of like yeah, it's not cer- successful. Um, certain things are going to do well. Yeah, and they'll continue on their trajectory, and then I'll be, other things. I'll be won't. curious how they how how close they stick to the plan. 
I guess that'll yeah. be that'll, that'll kind of be the curious thing because one of the things that Marvel did is that mm-hmm. you know even when they had movies that weren't successful, yeah, they didn't. It didn't. It seemed like they didn't all of a sudden just oh, we're canceling everything. Like Iron Man two, not very good. Kept making Iron Man movies. Thor, not very good. Kept making Thor movies. You know, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. if they. It, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know what though? Those movies have always made money. Yeah, like they kept earning higher profit margins. Yep. yep. Which is probably why how it was easier for them to like. True. Be like, well, we'll just continue going, even though the movies got. It's kind of like Jurassic Park, right? Like, yeah. Even though the movies like one after one, it was sequel after sequel, it deteriorated and got worse and worse. It seems like they just kept making more and more movies or money. But uh, speaking of money, our guest is here. Let's rock and roll. All right. Check one, two. Tiger milk, tiger milk. I like tiger milk. Give us some more of that, please. Tiger milk. And we're back with a guest who we've had on before. For those longtime listeners, you'll That's recognize right. him. He was actually the very first person to interview me as a. Uh, as a professional comic book artist, Derek really? M. Cook of wow. Monster Kid Radio. What's Welcome up? back. Yeah, man. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Um, I do remember having you on Monster Kid Radio, Tab. That was awesome. I'm yeah. sitting here in my office right now. And to my left, I have on the wall one of your prints in a frame. It's uh, the, uh, the, the girl on the skateboard with Godzilla on the background. Oh, oh wow. yeah. I've got it uh-huh. on my wall right now. So, yeah. Nice, nice. He doesn't yep. need that ego boost. You just gave him. I do. The, you know, I do. I do. I just <laughs> came off vacation, man. I need. You know, I got to get back into the, you know, celebrity vibe here. You oh know. <laughs> wow. Did you have to put up with all the time, <laughs> every time. So, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're just ha- we're having young because we dig you. Yeah. Uh, I I'm an avid listener to Monster Kid Radio, uh, but. You've also got a new book coming out. I do. Yeah. In addition to everything else I've got going on in my life right now with, you know, Monster Kid Radio, over 600 episodes at this point. Wow. Um, engaged, planning a wedding, all sorts of things going on in my life. I decided, why not? Let's just write a book. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's called, it's called From the Back Burner. Is that correct? On the Back Burner. On the, on back, the back burner. Room. Now, is this something that's been on the back on the back burner for a while? Look at you! Wow. I know. Yeah, it's like, I've got like never left, man. I've gotten a lot better since the last time we had you on. <laughs> I'm smooth like silk. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, yes, uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. I'd say different iterations of this have existed in different parts of my brain for at least twenty years. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I've been out of the loop. You know, just that big island life. Oh, no my big God. deal. Okay. Wow. Surf, sun. Stop it. Stop okay. it. <laughs> We're up here in the Pacific Northwest with the with the rain and the cloud. And you're like, I'm just surfing and kicking back, whatever. That's fine. And I'm I'm back in Alaska. It's been snowing for the last, like, four days. So, uh, <laughs> no no worries. But uh, give us a load on what is um, – you know what? First, I want to hear – the elevator pitch and oh, then oh there we go because everybody loves an elevator pitch and then let's get into the nitty-gritty about it 
All right. I, I don't. Wow. I probably ought to prepare this before the convention coming up, huh? Elevator yeah. pitch. All right. So on the back there is the first book in a sprawling superhero novel series uh, featuring a team of characters that are all supernaturally influenced. You got your supernatural stuff. You've got some horror stuff. You got some superhero stuff. It's all taking place in the Portland, Oregon area. It's oh. an origin story. And it's awesome. See, I like that confidence. That's right. I love Pacific that. Northwest. It's superheroes. It's horror. It's mm-hmm. everything that, uh, you know, gets me out of bed. Um, okay. All right. So who's, uh, who's our antagonist? Who's our protagonist? So these are all original characters of mine. This is something, like I said, they've been living in my head in various iterations for over 20 years now. Uh, we are following the story of, Arturo Banks, who is a former football, college football star, okay, who okay. prior to the events of this book suffered an accident on the football field and saw his entire life plan obliterated with his oh. knee and hip uh, and had to scramble to find a new place in the world. And okay. unfortunately, that new place in the world led him to encountering a character uh named Stillborn, who is not the big bad, but Stillborn is a supervillain who takes a special interest in Arturo Banks and wants to bring him into the supervillain fold by, well, doing some evil supernatural demonic stuff to him. Okay. It doesn't go well, and the superheroes come and save the day, and the rest of the story is Arturo trying to figure out his place in this new world of supernatural supervillainy and superheroism. I like That's it. fascinating. That's an, I like that aspect of, you know, you've got this young young individual who's entering this whole new, like, we'll just say, uh, arena, right? And he's mm-hmm. unfamiliar with all the characters that are good and bad. And, you know, just like in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you get into a profession or you get in, interested in something, like you're naturally, you go, you start end up hanging out with the first person who kind of like pays interest to you Mm -hmm. and you really like you just assume that they're like good intentioned but the reality is you don't really know Mm -hmm. and then then you find out like i don't know about you but like when i worked with some people they were a little um i don't want to say like they weren't villains by any means but they were definitely like um (sighs) their intentions were very self-serving and so they were a little manipulative in getting me to work on things that necessarily weren't to my benefit. It was to their benefit. Mm. And I just, I didn't find that out. And then it was like later as you get more mature and you kind of start getting a better feel for the landscape, it's kind of like, oh, this person who I'm friends with is might not necessarily be the best person to be friends with. Like, and that's a really interesting avenue. I'm really, that's really yeah. cool. I like it because it, it plays very true to life, you know? I'm excited for people to read the story. Like I said, it's been something I've been carrying for a long time. And even though this particular book and resulting series, because there's going to be two more books in this particular. Okay. Following this team's exploits. It it takes place in a world in which superheroes and supervillains are real and and exist and do their thing. And it's not all supernatural horror. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just run-of-the-mill superhero Avengers type stuff or something wow. the Justice League might deal with or or something, maybe Suicide, suicide Squad style type stuff. Um, what's important to me for this book, it's got to serve two purposes. It's got to introduce 
the world, which I'm referring to as the six week rotation universe. Um, okay. And it's also got to introduce this particular character and the team that he's on. The name of the team uh, that is this, I guess, if, if the series had a title, it'd be Solemn Judgment. That's the name of the team that he's going to be working like and interacting with. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's like, great. So, where do you get six week rotation universe? So, so break that down. What does that, what does sure. that mean? So in this world, superheroes have been around for a while mm-hmm. and in order for them to legally do what they do, they've got to go through a bunch of government stuff. There's okay. a lot of government channels uh, and all that. Uh, interesting. President Nixon signed a bunch of stuff into law. There's uh, certain articles and, and acts that he put in place that, made it okay for superheroes to do their thing legally if once a year they'd serve the U.S. government for six weeks. So uh, Okay. Oh, so it's like week. a mandatory military service. Right. And, you know, maybe they're not doing military stuff. Maybe it's – maybe nothing's really going on in the world. It just happened to be six weeks. They're six weeks, so they get to go hang out and do whatever. Or so, maybe they go deal with a flood. Or maybe they take care of some Chinese – balloon over montana I don't yeah. know, you know so, so they're like they're almost essentially like na- they become national guard it's like exactly. their national guard service exactly i have to i have to imagine that's going to come into factor at some point yeah along the line dude that's sure i love it that's, that's awesome like i because you know what like i you know you've seen the whole um like marvel's played around with it i think even dc's sure. played around with it it's the whole like superhero registration act yeah yeah, yeah that kind of stuff and but I like your approach. I've never you even saw it in Incredibles, right? The Incredibles, the entire like beginning of the the film franchise mm-hmm. was was based off of that. But you've I like your approach to it because it it's very different. Um, right. It's like a it's a fresh take on a familiar kind of arc, and that's that's really cool, man. That's well, really cool. That. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So, and how, how so? How uh, uh, how how long is your is the first novel? It comes up to almost 50,000 words, so it's a short novel. Okay. It's going to be about 50,000 words. Um, it it may end up growing, and that's kind of a thing that I'm dealing with right now, and that the, the edition that's coming out at Fan Expo mm-hmm. is oh, the wow. convention exclusive. It's it's launching there. Call it an ash can, I suppose, if you want to put it in comic book terms. It is the convention exclusive. It's the only place you're going to see the cover that's on it right now. It's the only way you're going to get it that way. Uh, I am working with another artist, though. There will be a new cover for the regular edition that will be coming out, which may have some added material. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, now, will that be – I know your first – your previous book was released Mm -hmm. through – was it the KDP, like the Amazon printing? Will this be through the similar format? Yeah, I am going indie publishing on this one as well. Uh, So what's going to happen is when Fan Expo happens, and I don't know when this episode is going to go out, um, but when Fan Expo happens – Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Fan Expo is what, February seventeenth uh, through the nineteenth. Yeah. Um that weekend an ebook version of the convention exclusive will become available. So you can get it through your for your Kindle uh that way. Oh, cool. Um and then there won't be a print edition available through Amazon. You'll only be able to get it from me at a convention. But in the if I have extra, then you know I'll talk about selling them you know, online. But then you will see uh the regular edition of it come out probably in a couple of weeks afterwards via Amazon and all the other Cause, regular channels. Cause you know, Brian and I are both very, uh, we, I loved we, your, we, yeah, yeah. we, we loved your first book. I did. We both, 
like read it voraciously. Yeah. And uh, I think I think I said I said my biggest problem that I had with that book was that it was too short. And I wanted I wanted to read more of that uh, more stories about your character. That's (laughs) right. There there will be more Um, not to skip ahead, but there there are plans for a second collection or edition. I guess collection of uh, Mark Temple Monster Hunter for Hire stories. Awesome. uh, Later this year as well. Awesome. I I guess what I'm getting at is Brian and I need to like have that physical copy on the shelf for our Derek M collection. Well, you know, we'll make it happen. We'll we'll, we'll talk. (laughs) My man. My man. My man. (laughs) Are are you going to be at Emerald City by any chance? So that's something that I was just talking to my fiance about before we started recording here is. Uh, I did not realize that there was still time to apply to be an author guest at or a content creator guest at Emerald City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, depending on how things go at Fan Expo, maybe I'll put in my application right then and we'll see what happens. So. Well, let us know. We're we're both going to be there. So. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got a, uh, I'll be tabling in um, Artist Alley. Okay. But uh, Bri will be with me. We'll be doing a little podcast stuff. We'll be selling nice. some comics here and there. But yeah, man would love to see you and definitely if you got copies of the book we'll both well, be buying it yeah if i do end up going to emerald city as an author guest part of author alley then yeah we'll have more convention editions of the Sweet. book there as well but you know fingers and tentacles crossed we'll see how fan expo goes first and then we'll go from there this is <laughs> a it. new world for me sure uh, doing it like this i've done fan expo or wizard formerly known as wizard world i've done rose city comic con and a few other things but it's always been as you know the podcaster for monster kid radio it's never been as an author yeah. So yeah. this is all new territory for me. I'm super excited, uh, super nervous. Uh, uh, don't be me, nervous, man. Don't be dude, nervous. They've got me sitting next to John Skip. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, no. I don't. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know who that is. Who's John Skip? Uh, John Skip, uh, Skip Inspector, responsible for like a big chunk of the Splatterpunk rise uh, in the okay. 80s. Oh, um, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, John Skip, who yeah, I've met before, interviewed him for a previous podcast like 10 years ago. Not that he remembers me, but you know, he might. <laughs> he, this is what I can, can I give you some advice on that? Sure, sure. Like sometimes in those situations, I find knowledge is actually your your worst enemy. Like, uh, like I did a convention, actually, Bry helped was on the committee at the time and had me come to it, and they had like a sci fi writer named Greg Bear. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> and so like him and I are hanging out. We're doing yeah. panels together. Uh, him and I like went and got, I went and got lunch with his wife and, you know, later we got dinner and stuff like that. And I mean, like I knew I'd looked him up online. I was like, oh, he's had some books come out, but I had no idea he was as like big of a deal as he was. And I would just say like, if you can go into that situation and kind of like throw out the fact that like, yes, he's this accomplished guy. But he's just a guy. Yeah. So and he's going to probably love the fact that you're sitting next to him and that it you've got a book out. He'll probably I mean, don't be surprised if he ends up wanting to just talk about the creative process. Talk, he yeah. Might even, I'm down. Yeah. I'm I mean like I'll be I'll be open to that. I'm gonna be bringing copies of the Mark Temple book as well. And good. If it works out, and this is something I kind of put together at the last minute, back in 2012, I released a short story to Kindle. It's a mm-hmm. short zombie story called Granny and the Hole, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which I know the title sounds salacious. I love it. I love it. I love it's, it. It's not. It's the most clickbaity title for a zombie short story ever. It's about a couple and their kid. It, it really is not whatever, but I released it straight to Kindle. Um, and I thought, you know what? 
let's just see if I can get a print edition put together. So I think I'm going to have some copies of that as well. So granting the whole first time in print, a zombie short story that I wrote a decade ago, you can finally hold in your hand in an undead tree edition. Oh, that sounds awesome. man! I, okay. Now for my own, um, selfish interests, Mm -hmm. I do have a question for you. Oh, years ago. Yeah. Years ago, pre pandy and all that kind of stuff. You and I had talked about, you were thinking, I don't know, you might have been writing something to do with probably the greatest monster of all time. Mm -hmm. I think it was like a fan type zine novel of the creature from the Black Lagoon. And I had had thrown out there, because my wife can't hear me, that I would, anything you need, let me know. Just, I just want to be a part of it. Is that still on the back burner? Ah, and yes so there was supposed to be something done last halloween uh there you know i started collecting material and all that and then i got covid and it sidelined me for a month and my job situation changed and just everything kind of got Put on the back burner. But there are still plans. I would still like to do something at some point in 2023. I got some pretty big plans for this year. Um, yeah, you sweet. You know, well, my fiance is really supportive of everything and wants to be involved, which is awesome. That's great. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts happening. And, oh, I can't wait. I saw, well, my offer still stands. That's being uh, recorded, right? You got that. Yeah, well, I got it. Yeah. I got it recorded. Yeah, just, yep. Yep. <laughs> just let me know. I'm actually, you inspired me. I have a little um, creature from the Black Lagoon. I guess you could call it like a little art zine that I'm putting together. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'll have it done by Emerald City just because I'm just uh, vacation. Didn't you, um, didn't you also up pick for- up the Mondo uh, creature from the Black Lagoon figure? I did. Yeah. I did. I finished a very big gig. And- Would you like to see it? Oh, no. You're going to make me jealous. You're going to give me creature envy. Do it. Yeah, I'm going to give you some creature envy. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's supposed to make for good radio. It doesn't make but, for good um, radio. I mean. Oh, that is sexy, though. It, uh, yeah, it's pretty beautiful. Like, I don't have a lot of this kind of stuff. This is, like, one of the few things I do have. And uh, I debated getting it for uh, probably about a month. And yeah. then all, old Bri there was like, don't just buy it. Don't That's be a wuss. Do. Just get it. And so I did. He always um, asked me, he's like, should I buy this? I'm like, yeah, you should. Yeah. It's Every like time. the one, yeah, like I said, I don't have a ton of that stuff. I only have a couple things. And that was one of the ones where I was like, okay, I have to get this. Um, now I have to do the zine. So, you know, I just, I have to. I, well, I want to no see excuse. it, man. I'll see it. Okay. All right. All right. I'd be curious to get your opinion of it. Cause I took, uh, I, I, you know, I tried to do a, a creative, something very creative with it um, that, I don't know. It. Uh, I got a little inspired by. There was a zine a friend got me years ago that had a bunch of Bernie Wrights and creature drawings in it. Mm, the goat. And so, the goat. And so, uh, yeah, I tried to kind of n- not pay om- not pay homage, but like follow in his footsteps a little bit because I'm nowhere. I'm not. I'm no Wrightson. But um, yeah, man, creature. He's the best. He's the best. Right on. Right you, have on. you ever have you ever heard of they? Um, I, and we'll get back to. Uh, the back burner yeah uh, <laughs> why don't we put but, that on the back burner for a second uh, and, uh, yeah you know, you know. Well, man god this episode is gonna be called the back burner with Derek m cook hey it's got this to start a drinking game i think you're four shots in at this point so. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah um uh have you heard anything about 
the remake, you know, like you like at one point they were going like, okay, I remember I was following some blog or thread where like they were actually like scouting film sites and stuff like that. And then really, uh, I yeah, and it's one of those things like it's like Universal continually renews contract. And for a while, they even had like directors attached, like big names. Like was I think it from their had, like Universal Monsters line that like failed, like the Tom Cruise Mummy and, and yeah, all I that. think I think yeah, that kind of scuttled a lot of that is yeah that did not do what it was supposed to do and the dark universe folded which is too bad because well i have opinions Um, yeah Yeah, because i I remember at one point i feel like they even had i want to say like arnofsky darren arnofsky was even attached which i was like oh man that okay this is gonna be a real weird there's been talks about remaking creature for years at one point carpenter was attached uh i remember i think i've got my hand somewhere on a script that was written in the 90s um, at one point, uh, Brett Eisner, you know, Michael Eisner's kid, was attached mm-hmm. to it. Wow. Um, so yeah, I I don't think there's any plans now, but I I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's just kind of one of those like it seems like every monster has been given a, a several attempts at remakes. If I'm being honest, I feel like most of them failed to hit the mark by a lot. Sure. Yeah. Um, Maybe, maybe I guess you could say Bram Stoker's Dracula came probably the closest. I, I did think that was pretty good. Um, I about really Dracula 2000. All right, how dare you? <laughs> um, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah, but for some reason, uh, the creature like right on the tip of your tongue too. This is waiting. Yeah. Dracula 2000. <laughs> But yeah, they, it seems like uh, they just can't get it. They, they've never, there's never been anything for the creature. And I don't know why he doesn't get the love. Um, well, Del Toro did Shape of Water. And I mean, yeah. that, that did really well, won the Oscars and, and did a lot, I think, for for Monsterdom at the time. Mm-hmm. Its success made people shy about wanting to do a creature from the Black Lagoon or if it would have inspired more. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. I, yeah, that's I, a good point. To, to me, Creature, it's my favorite film. I, I talk about it all the time yeah. on the podcast. And if you talk to me for five minutes, you, you're going to hear me. It's going to come out of my mouth. You know, I've got a reprint of the one sheet right behind me on the wall. I, oh, I nice. love Creature. I love Creature so much. Could it be remade? Sure. I don't know if it'd be any good, but, you know, Hollywood yeah. has yet to impress me with most of their their takes on the classic monsters these days. Maybe the creature needs to be like some of these films where it it occupies that kind of like holy standing where it shouldn't be remade. Because you know, like yeah. you go back and watch it, and even though I know it was what it was made in was it fifty three fifty four fifty four that the the original creature still holds up really well. Just the cinematography, the underwater filming, mm, even yeah. the suit is like oh, the suit's still, fantastic. Yeah, and the and they just they they did they made the right choices with lighting to make it still hold up really well. Um, I mean, I've read and watched so many behind the scenes things where you're just like, especially during that time when they were just churning movies out, it's kind of amazing that it turned out as good as it did. Right. And yeah, maybe it's just one of those where it's like eh, it should be just left alone, kind of like Jaws. Like, don't ever remake Jaws. Leave it alone. Just don't touch it. <laughs> that's what we have. Meg, that's why we have the Meg. The Meg for yeah, the know. Meg's oh. fine. The Meg can be whatever it is. But like, yeah, like Jaws is. I don't know. In my opinion it might be like like a perfect movie in a it's sense. Fanta- like, it's a solid film. It's so good. It's so yeah. Good. And the creature kind of. I don't know. At least yeah. for, I don't know about maybe I'm speaking out of my ass here, but 
it kind of falls in the same kind of vein for me where it's like it's well paced it has all i mean it's a little tropey at this point i guess in terms of like oh yeah we gotta we gotta save the girl from the from the monster and all that kind of stuff and i mean there's that but you watch the first half of the movie and the the female scientist you know Kay lawrence played by julie adams yeah, she's got agency. She's along for the ride. She's right. not like some damsel in dismiss, distress. Right. She she's there. She wants to contribute and be part of it. Sure, she gets captured at the end in terms of a Beauty and the Beast thing, but sure for a good chunk of it, she's a big part of the driving force as well as the guys. And I I love that movie for that. Yeah, and they also did a thing like they did. I don't know if they meant to, but they subtly hinted that like it's not the creature's fault. It was really. Right. Like he's just, it's just there, and it happens. Like if anything, people are the villain in that yeah, case. Yeah, it's our you fault. Know? We shouldn't have gone in there and messed around. It's right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and they, you know, which for a film in the fifties, that's like a big deal. Like that's that's a, you know, like that's a, like watching King Kong now is yeah. one of those where you watch it and you're like, oh, Nick, King Kong's the hero. Like the yeah. people suck. Hundred <laughs> percent. They are horrible. Hundred percent. Why did you bring him to New York? That was the worst thing you can do. Yeah, 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 and then at Take the end, there was like, "Oh, it was beauty that killed the beast." Like, no, no Jack, no, no, you did it. You, you did. This, this is, is on you, fault. buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good job. Well, way to go. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So many thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm glad that um, you're still on that that creature yeah. train. That's awesome. I, I look forward so, to it. I was just saying, so, you said earlier. You have over 600 episodes of Monster Kid Radio now, man. First That's of all, correct. as of this recording, I just released episode 606 a couple of days. Jesus Christ. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's, ama- that's amazing. Um, I have to imagine you're probably planning something pretty good for episode 666. There, there's talks. I, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do yet. Uh, there, there are a number of you know, classic or not so classic monster movies that, you know, deal with the devil or, or, or yeah. whatever. And I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'd like to do something. How have you sustained for so long in so many episodes? So I love these movies. I love this era of filmmaking. I love classic film anyway, and the history of Hollywood and all that. And I love learning about them. So that's really helped, but it's not just me doing the show. I, I have a guest or two come on. So more often than not. So having multiple voices come onto the show helps to keep it fresh for me. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and Beth, my fiance has been on the show a couple of times now too, and she's all in and, you know, having her take on it, uh, on, on these movies that I have seen so many times I could quote them as easily as breathe. You know, and, and share these movies with somebody who's never seen them before. Uh, we just saw Mothra at the Hall Theater in Portland. I was um, just going to ask you. I listened to that episode. Yeah, was she on had vacation. never seen it before. Um, I, I seen it. I love Mothra, but she'd yeah. never seen it before. And I was there with my one of my best friends as well, Matt, who had never seen it either. So part of keeping the show fresh for me is finding people who either have a super deep love for these movies that they can talk about or have never seen these movies before. And I can kind of watch and engage with their discovery of these, yeah. in my mind, classic pieces of cinema. Yeah. How, uh, well, now we have to ask, like, how was the reaction? Because these are two first timers. Oh, they loved what it. What was their take on Walter? Uh, okay. Beth loved it. And my buddy, Matt, 
loved it so much that uh, I've, I've watched him on Facebook since posting about, I just watched this classic kaiju movie. I just watched that classic kaiju movie. I watched this one and that one, and I'm watching it in subtitles, so I have to watch and not get distracted by my phone, and I love this, and I love that. So, yeah, I, I've converted him. I brought him in. So. That's great. So break down, break down and uh, just like uh, – uh, you know, for for the listeners at home who 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 you know may have never listened to Monster Kid Radio, what what do you what do you what's an what's an episode of Monster Monster okay. Kid Radio? So uh, I'll introduce the show. Welcome everybody to the show. If there's any listener feedback, whether it's an email that I'm reading or a voicemail from somebody, you know, I usually put that in the beginning of the episode as well. I've got two guys right now, and I've had other people over the years as well contribute, but right now I've got two guys that are producing segments for me. I got a guy by the name of Kenny who does a segment called Kenny's Look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. And what he does is he tries to find out ahead of time what the next episode is going to be about so that he can prepare a segment looking at the entire history of Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine and talk about how that movie was covered or represented in that magazine with like maybe a 10-minute segment that he's produced or put together. And then the other guy, uh, Mark Matsky, who's becoming a pretty good friend of mine as well, uh, he's a podcaster and has done some work with Small Town Monsters and such. He produces a segment doing an episode-by-episode breakdown of Ultraman in every single Ultraman series. Awesome. Uh, We just... He just finished covering Ultra 7. So the next segment he's producing is the first episode of The Return of Ultraman. And he's he intends to, and he's been true to his word so far, to do the entire Ultraman run. As long as I'll let him do it on the show, he's in. So You you did miss left something big out. You left something real big. Because as an avid listener of Monster Kid Radio, and one of my favorite things, and I think one of the things that's most impressive is, Derek brings in some of the best indie surf music you've ever well, was, heard on the internet. It's great. And I've, <laughs> I, there's so many bands that I've discovered mm-hmm. through you that like, I just was like, would have never, you know, you would have looked all over Pandora or Spotify or wherever, and you wouldn't have found these guys. And then you find them and it just opens up an entire new Avenue at stream, like world of music um I, I don't know I, I i just always am so impressed about that and it's like you know because surf music right like everybody knows the yeah. ventures blue stingrays whatever mm-hmm. and it, it, they kind of after a while even link ray gets a little i don't want to say repetitive but it's a little repetitive no I, and, and i get that and i hear that i i haven't done a lot of newer you know newer surf stuff lately on the show but i used to like introduce open every show with it and close it every show with it um yeah. some of my favorite bands that i've discovered through producing the show i've gone out and looked for surf music, modern surf bands, uh, the Delstroyers, Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpion, the Greasy Gills. I mean, these are bands that I'm huge fans of now, and I'm so glad I discovered them producing the show. That's awesome. um, but I, and I do plan on bringing that kind of vibe back. I've been a little lax on that because I've just been busy with so many other things. I haven't sure. had time to secure permissions to do that yet, but I will be doing that. But it's, uh, at, it's still a great thing that you oh, do. Oh, no. Like, and, and I'm happy to do it. I, you know, I, and I've heard from other people too who've written in saying, you know, I appreciate this. I went and bought their album or whatever. Yeah. Well, so many of them are on things like Bandcamp, you know, right. so go look them up there. Mm-hmm. Um, a- after the segments, then it's usually on the show a, a longer conversation about a movie or an event. Uh, I know that we're going to be doing nothing but kaiju movies in the month of July. We're doing kaiju July. And oh, nice. One episode, I don't know which one yet, but it will be a roundtable discussion with me, um, the previously mentioned Mark Matsky, and then another friend of mine named Anthony Wendell, who's been on the show before as well, who's also an author. 
And we're going to do a roundtable discussion about our favorite kaiju from the various Ultraman shows. So that's going to be coming up. Oh, um, wow. Which, I mean, there's thousands of kaiju yeah, from sure. Ultraman. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have this longer conversation that can run anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And then, you know, the exit, the outro of the show. Uh, the, an episode of MKR can run anywhere from an hour to like 90 minutes. Okay. And uh, every week, you know, it's it's out there at monsterkidradio.net. And uh, it's it's so much fun. I'm really excited to connect with my fiance. Like I said, she's out of town. I'm picking her up from the airport tomorrow night. Apparently, she's been representing Monster Kid Radio at Transworld and has gotten like six or seven people who want to be on the show. So I'm excited to find out who she talks to. Yeah. So I start lining wow. that stuff up. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, dude, that's so, so cool. I have a con- I have a confession to make now. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. And I know I'm going to get crucified for it, at least by if Cad. You, if you've never seen the original Creature from the Black Lagoon, like, I'll forgive you not seeing, like, The Creature Walks Among Us, Return <laughs> of the Creature. Yeah. But if you haven't seen the original, you might be getting replaced, bud. Just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. First, first of all, we've already proved which one of us is replaceable, and it's not me. Uh, True. <laughs> True. So, Derek, last episode, because I was lost in the jungles. You oh, know, yeah, no, you had a fill in, man. Yeah. 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 And I, uh, I, yeah. did it do well? Unfortunately, yes. It did. The episode did really well. Did we Way talk better massive amounts of shit? Yeah, we did. Um, but no, I have, I have never seen Creature from Black Lagoon. No, you know what? That's okay. No, Tad, that's cool. That's cool. Because all that means is is that Brian has an incredible movie experience to look forward to. And we should watch could, it when you're here. Hey, you okay, know, yeah. if there was a way to, you know, I, I I sometimes say that if I could go back in time and watch a movie for the first time in the theater, something like Dracula or Frankenstein or Phantom or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, to to be with somebody the first time they watch Creature from the Black Lagoon is a thrill for me. So I, I can't wait for you to eventually get around to seeing it and hearing what you think. Yeah, I, I it's been on my list to watch forever. I just haven't haven't done it yet. But uh, yeah, Tad, we should treat, watch man. it. We should watch it when you're when you're here for uh, Emerald City. If I come up, okay, yeah, yeah. If you come up, up yeah, we'll watch it. Absolutely, right on, right on. I suppose, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you can see it in the original 3D, even better. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh, so have you have gorgeous. you seen it in? 3D? Oh yeah. Yeah, I I joke with my friends that there's like an unspoken rule or law that anytime Creature from the Black Lagoon gets shown in a movie theater around here, I yeah. have to go see it, especially if it's in 3D. I'd love and to I'd love so to I check go, the Hollywood, see it at the Hollywood. Yeah, that would be pretty the cool. Hollywood's shown it in 3D, the Joy Cinema's shown it in 3D, the uh, 99W Drive-In has shown it in 3D. That was super yeah. cool. Um that was the so only, cool. I went and saw it two nights in a row. <laughs> the only so old good. school monster movie I've seen in 3D was uh, The Tingler with Vincent Price. And it was at the Hollywood. Right on. Yeah. And that was, I was, I'd never seen it. So, and I was, it was, apparently they were supposed to have gotten the buzzers to put in the seats, like the original experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they can't, the sh- something happened in shipping. So all the 3D stuff showed up. But the buzzers was the only thing that didn't. So it, uh, they ended up just like replacing it with sound, like some kind of weird sound effect. It was trip. Like it, I didn't realize it was. It, there was a time when you went to the theater and it was like an actual experience. It yeah. wasn't just sitting and watching a movie. It was like seats would shock you and stuff was coming at you and you know they're blowing cold air and all, just mm-hmm. all kinds of interesting stuff. And it, 
I mean, you'd think with the price of uh, admission these days, they would try and do something like that or bring it back. And maybe that would be the saving grace for some of these theaters. But mm-hmm. it's like they've lost touch with the roots. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of sad, if I'm being honest. I don't know. I just brought I just brought the podcast down. That's no, what you no. do. That's what you know. What that's what you do. Go back to Hawaii, Tat. No, we, wait. I'm calling. <laughs> okay. Layla. Yep. Ah. <laughs> twist my arm. I'm going back to the island. Uh. But uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I do have a question. Yeah. To, to bring it back to back burner. There we okay. go. <laughs> uh. Uh, you know, like it has to do with like, you know, superheroes in a very real world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems to be kind of one of the big things right now is like if you're not into, say, MCU or even like um, the DC stuff, there's a whole avenue of uh, of other superhero universes you can explore, like, you know, um, Invincible for one. Boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, did you look? Did you watch any of that stuff as kind of like a little research just to see what was going on, or did you read mostly just comics? So, I've been a comic book fan since junior high school, which would have see dating myself. I'm Generation X, so that would have been like eighty seven, eighty eight when I first started okay. reading comic books regularly, uh, and I read them religiously through high school and through my first few years of community college. Fell off there for a little while came back in, read again religiously, and then kind of fell off again. So my my comic book history, reading history, is huge. And I, I was mostly a Marvel kid at first, mm-hmm. but yeah. I eventually kind of expanded to read a ton of DC, a ton of Image, a ton of indie comics, um, a ton of non-superhero comics, you know, all of that stuff. And I, and I loved it. I loved the medium. Um, I have watched The Boys. I think The Boys is great. I haven't read the comic it's based on. I, I keep meaning to go back to it uh, and, and check it out. Uh, and I watched Invincible and uh, some of the other stuff that's out there as well. And of course, I'm wa- I watch all the MCU stuff because old school fanboy you know, from Marvel. Yeah, yeah. And I love that stuff. And uh, but in terms of like what I really wanted to do with with the books with with on the back burner and the following nine books I have in mind. Yeah, I said that. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, Wow. Damn. There's a pretty deep history of superhero prose. And this is actually going to be a presentation I'm giving at Fan Expo as well, talking about the history of, you know, superhero tales in a book as opposed to a comic. And I mean, it goes all the way back to, you know, the original stuff. You know, they were original superhero, like Superman novels back in the day and all that. There's a lot of, stuff happening now that's pretty exciting uh authors like marion g Harmon, who's got at least nine books in his wearing the cape series that i'm a huge wow. fan of uh george r. r martin from you know who supposedly is writing fantasy fiction these days uh, <laughs> not yeah. big. but george r. r martin is responsible for editing and creating the wild card series of uh books which is okay. uh, there are a collection of anthologies and a number of different authors get to contribute to this kind of patchwork world of uh, superhero stuff. Uh, Van Allen Plexico wrote a series called the Sentinels that I'm a huge fan of. And I, I really kind of wanted to look at what they were doing and see what it is about superhero prose that I love so much mm-hmm. so that I could try to tap into that as well as to tap into the stuff that I love about a traditional comic book. One thing that I really tried to do, and I, and I was talking to my buddy Matt about this earlier today, 
I love the MCU films, some of them more than others. Sure, sure. But one of my biggest issues with the MCU movies and properties is that for as much as it's supposed to be a connected universe, it's really not. You get the end of the Eternals and the Celest spoilers, the Celestials breaking out of the Earth, right? Right, right. The, the big hand is coming out of the ocean and the head pops up and the Eternals have to deal with it. You'd think that set off some sort of mental alarm for Doctor Strange. That's Trump, what right? I said. <laughs> you know, you think the Avengers are like, hey, what's going on over there? Let's go check that out. You'd think that would happen. I love Moon Knight. Moon Knight is phenomenal. Yeah. I love that show. But there's that sequence when Khonshu tells Mark Spector, let me show you what the stars looked like a millennia ago, and then literally makes the Earth go back in time to show him. Again, Doctor Strange would at least get a headache. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and show up and be like, hey, what the hell? Yeah. But that yeah. didn't happen. And yeah. that's something that I really love about the novels that I've been reading. You know, the wild card stuff, it's it's a universe where superheroes are all doing stuff and they're all aware of each other. The wearing the cape stuff. Yeah, it's about one particular character in Chicago, but there's tons of references to all the superhero stuff happening around the world. And that's something that I want to do with six week rotation as well. That yeah, on the book, excuse me, on the back burner is book one of solemn judgment. It's also book one of the six week rotation series, but there are so many other superheroes doing things in the world that when things go down at the Oregon zoo, which does happen in on the back burner awesome, and all the animals are kind of going crazy and something needs to be done about it. These two or three guys from Solemn Judgment know they can't handle it by themselves. So, yeah, let's call the superhero team up in Seattle and get them involved. Let's let's call this other guy who kind of works by himself, who's just going to show up anyway. So we might as well call him to get him on our side. You yeah. know, and, and I, I really wanted to kind of establish that this is, again, it's not just Arturo Banks' origin story, but it's also the first look into the world to see that, yeah, there are other teams. There is a structure. There are things that are happening here. Um you know, with the Solemn Judgment stuff, I have three books that I want to do for Solemn Judgment. Mm-hmm. Three books for another team called The Professionals, and they're based out of the Seattle area. And then three books that I'm just calling The Nixon Protocols, which is the official government team that is on the government payroll basically full time. I love that. Now, now may I ask, are they yeah. like the heavy hitters, the heaviest yes. of the – Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're they the JLA. Right. They're the Avengers. They're, yeah. they're you know – the, the ones and then book 10 will be, and I've not said this public anywhere. I've talked about it with some of my friends, whatever, but book right. 10 will be the big crossover event, bringing all three teams together to deal with a super heavy, big bad that I'm going to be dropping seeds about throughout the entire run. I love that, man. Like planting the seed, yeah. you know, just, you know, yeah. just drop it at the end. You plant those seeds along the way. Yeah. That's, that's, that's oh, cool, man. Uh, I'm so excited. That's what I've been saying. Like whether you so, like the MCU or not, Mm-hmm. The way they did with Thanos, just constantly just dropping little bits here and there. It made it so by the first time we see him, like, that's it. I'm taking you know, the, gl- I'm putting the glove on or taking the gloves off and I'm doing, getting my, my hands yeah. dirty. It made it like something that you've been looking forward to. It made it really special. And I, yeah. I like that you're doing that because I think too many times in series, it's just all of a sudden it's like, oh, this really big bad guy, like, you know, Galactus just showed up, you yeah. know, and you're like, right. you're like, could we at least hinted at him for like the last, I don't know, 20 issues? Because <laughs> if he's that right. bad, like there would be sh- like a ripple effect of him moving throughout the cosmos that, right. you know, it would have, it would affect things. People would know. Well, even, um, even something like 
when Spider-Man first got the black, the Venom suit. Yeah. You know, right. The black suit. That was, there were seeds of that kind of dropped along the way. And I, one of the very first Marvel comics that I remember reading was an early Fantastic Four comic. Of course, I had thing on the cover saying it's clobbering time, which doesn't really tell you what comic it was because he said that all the time. But I remember reading that cover to cover over and over again. Ben Grimm was in some sort of weird fantasy realm where he was interacting with a werewolf and a Frankenstein monster and uh-huh. a character named Ackerman, you know, and, okay. and, and I loved it. But there were two cutaway scenes or two like B stories. There was one where She-Hulk is dealing with a nosy neighbor and I thought that was cute. But the last couple of pages, if I remember correctly, were just no words, no dialogue, no word bubbles, just mm. the Venom symbiote breaking out of wherever the Fantastic Four had it Oh, cool! in captivity. And oh, cool. you knew yeah. that was just a seed being laid for something further down the line. And yeah. I loved that so much. So, and, and I kind of tried to do that with On the Back Burner. There are some things that I kind of threw in there that might come up later. Hopefully it does. <laughs> it works yeah. out. There's yeah. been so many happy accidents within the, on the back burner as I've been writing it. Things that while the story has been in my head in various shapes for years, there's something magical about writing. Yeah. You write something and something happens and they're like, oh, I didn't plan that. It just happened and it makes so much sense. So let's roll with that. Yeah. And a lot of those things happen to me for on the back burner. And I hope the readers dig that too when it happens. So – um because we have a lot of listeners who, you know, are, I would say they're young creators or mm-hmm. aspiring creators. Um, you know, writing yeah. is one of those things that, you know, it really comes down to you got to get in the chair and you got to do it. But yeah, it's also, chair. yeah, button chair. But it's a, it's a difficult thing. And everybody has, like everything, everybody has a different process. Um, I guess my question for you is like, are you the kind of guy that just sits and goes? Or are you like myself? where you're a plotter. Like I have to go through and drop in, like these are the major anchor points throughout the story. And then I fill in the gaps and then I continue to fill in more gaps and so on and so forth. Like how, how, what's your approach? I say I kind of land in the middle. I'm kind of half and half on that. So, okay. The thing about on the back burner is solemn judgment where, ah, what the hell I'll tell you. Uh, So (laughs) the origin of this team came out of a conversation that I had with a friend of mine back when image comics was first starting image comics put out their talent search. I don't know if y'all remember that, but back in the day when they were first starting up, they were looking for new talent to join them. Yeah. Yeah. And a buddy of mine and I sat down and thought, let's do supernatural superheroes. And we created solemn judgment. Now, since then he is, he doesn't even remember writing any of the stuff. And he said, you do whatever. It's all yours. It's your thing. Anyway, Derek, I was along for the ride. So I'm not worried about that part of it, but, um, (laughs) You know, we we sat down and we hashed out four characters that were on the team, um, and we we were going to pitch it to Image. He was supposed to pitch to Image, or I, I can't remember. One of us was supposed to actually pull the trigger on getting it sent out to him, and it never happened. So we never got it to Image. Those so those characters have just kind of been laying dormant in my head forever. Now one of them has kind of fallen away and got replaced by this other guy, Arturo Banks, who I think is much better anyway. But. Um, those characters have been living in my head forever. And I've always wanted to kind of tell the story of a new character coming into the team and kind of learning 
what he is and how he can be part of this world now. Is he going to be a superhero? Does he even want to be a superhero? Mm. So a lot of these, the plotting that would have taken place for, on the back burner was me just putting on paper stuff that's been in my head in various shapes and forms for years. And and I did do that. I've got a couple of notepads here that I've just been jotting notes down. Yeah. But after a while, I just kind of carried away. It's like, I've got this great setup and okay, maybe I haven't plotted what's going to happen next, but I'm in the zone. So I just start going. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of half and half. For me, I think the be- the my writing process really is less about plotting versus pantsing and more about the ritual of it. I have yeah. certain things that I I kind of do and set up for myself to kind of get me in that zone space, that flow state. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of those things is. Uh, Film scores. I'm a huge film geek. I talk about this on my podcast. I love movie soundtracks and movie scores. Me too. Uh, The more off, I won't say obscure because that makes it sound like I'm listening to a bunch of like (laughs) whatever, but the less mainstream stuff and usually genre stuff. I will kind of sort of assign a soundtrack to a particular project that I'm working on. In this particular case on, on the back burner, whenever I was writing a chapter from the point of view of my main character, I was listening to a particular kind of music when I was listening to, when I was writing a point of view chapter from the big bad, it was music from uh, Lord of illusions. When I was writing something from, you know, some con- a combat scene, it was the music, the score from Hellraiser three. So I had very Ooh, specific, nice. right. I had very specific yeah. pieces of music that I was using to kind of help get myself in that zone. And it kind of triggers some things for me. So that that's kind of where my, you know, kind of half plant, half, plot half pants all music i i like that you touched on on flow state because i think that's something that even like in structured uh academia they don't actually ever touch on they talk about the fundamentals of writing or creating but they never get into how like how important it is to mentally be like i actually was going through that today i was supposed to be working on a certain project and it was one of those I could not get into the flow state. I just couldn't tap into it. I listen. I have my soundtrack for the project. Even the soundtrack wasn't. And you know, it's fine. The point where my wife was just like, "Just go, go to the gym. Go, go do something that's just completely devoid." And yeah, I don't know if it helped. Uh, but that's pretty much what I was doing until we podcast because it was just one of those where I, I'm not getting. But now I, I have ideas now. Like I know where to. Yeah. I know where I want to start. Um, yeah, it, um, I'm, I'm really glad that you touched on that. That's really, uh, that's really fascinating. It's just, it's a fascinating construct to, uh, I guess the human condition that it, of creativity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wish there was a, you know, a, a pill you can take or, 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 you know, a shot of something and just like, boom, I'm now creative, but it's, it's so, it's hard to find what works for you. Yeah. This works for me. And I hope people who are creating like Tad, you've got things that work for you and Brian, I'm sure you do too. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, they they kind of get you in that space. Um, the downside to doing it the way that I do is that now, every time I listen to the music from Hellraiser three, my brain immediately doesn't think about Hellraiser three anymore. It thinks about, Oh, this is where Arturo Banks is fighting the demons in the basement of Blackstone hall at PSU. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah. I love I love that you're basing like the book is based in like real places mm. because it just it, it it makes it so that like when people read the book 
they're going to be like, why well, just live a couple blocks down from right. that location, that fight yeah. scene or that coffee shop or something, you know, right. like it's cool. It like really grounds it in like the community. And then, you know, if it hits, you'll have people that will travel to those locations to actually like check it out. Like it's, yeah. is there, is there know? a battle at Powell's books? It wouldn't be Portland without some, it. Well, not on the back burner. Okay. But there are, I do have a scene for something in a future book where they have to go to Powell's books for something. Awesome. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, no, on the back burner, I don't necessarily want to say all the locations they go sure. to, but they are, they are some pretty classic Portland. Like once you see it in the book, you're like, Oh yeah, I know where that's at. Or, I've heard about that at the very least. Right. Uh, the next book, which will be book one in the Nixon protocols series starts in Vancouver. Oh, cool. But it's going to hop all over the country after that. So, Oh, I love it. Man. Oh, yeah, gosh, I can't wait. And I can't one thing wait for I'm going to try to do with that is instead of just going to all like the, the big cities like New York, LA, whatever. I mean, that's Marvel does that. DC does. Yeah. That. I want to find these smaller areas that have the little quirky little things that I can exploit and play with and have fun with. Get a little supernatural with it, like the show. You yeah. Know, where they go visit rural love. areas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Columbus, Nebraska. There you go. There you there go. There we go. Well, I've, I've, man. And, and oh. yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say this too. I haven't said this out loud <laughs> anywhere. Um, after the wedding, um, in April, one thing that we're looking to do is a live play role playing game series on YouTube and Twitch oh. with Beth, my fiance, uh, one of my old friends, Mike, and another friend of mine who's contributed to the pod, Monster Kid Radio, Jeff, doing a live play role playing game session set in the world of six week rotation. To oh, try cool. to do more storytelling, but in a role-playing game format. So that's you know, I'll have great. the novels. I'll have the yeah. website, you know, where you can go read about the novels and whatever. And then we'll have a live play role-playing session. And we found uh, a role-playing game system that uses the old Marvel superheroes role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, but it's. <sighs> I guess it's a retro clone, I guess is how you would call it, but it's an open game product. So we're looking to use those rules, which is important because that's kind of a big part of my love of role-playing games and Marvel comics anyways, through that particular role-playing game system. So, and those will be new characters that I'm not writing about in the novels that'll exist only in the role-playing game sessions that you'll see on YouTube and Twitch later this year. That's great. The six week and that's, world. that's how the expanse novels got started. So that's really great. I mean, oh, it, it yeah. got started. They were playing role playing games. So like all of the main characters, like Naomi Nagata, James Holden, those were all the names of characters that other pl- like people who played the games, the role playing games with uh, uh, the both halves of James F. Say Corey um, came came to life. They didn't name the characters. Their players, the people who played with them, yeah. named them. So that's that's wow. pretty incredible. And and you might get some good some good stuff to come out of that. That's really I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, some of the background characters that I'm mentioning in, you know, on the back burner and, and elsewhere all come from old Marvel superhero role-playing game sessions that I I've held over the years as a judge or as a GM. Um, Mike Marisitz, who is a partner of mine on a handful of different projects. Um, his main character is mentioned briefly in on the back burner, and he's going to have a whole storyline in the professional's, line of books that come out so great i'm I'm super excited i mean i just i know i'm known as the monster kid guy and i love my classic monster movies and my horror movies and all that but man i'm on the jazz about writing these superheroes hell yeah blast i'm having a blast dude yeah i mean like 
just because you you do one thing doesn't mean you can't. Exactly. And it sounds like you're. I mean, let's, there's a, a lot of heavy crossover between classic sure. monsters and superhero oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, at the end of the day, it's all storytelling. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you've been celebrating storytelling and now you're making stories. Like, I, I don't know. I, the, when you were talking about like the Twitch and all that kind of stuff just now, I was literally getting like chills because it's like, I love just the whole energy of you're making stuff mm-hmm. and then you are, you have like, almost like i don't want to say a marketing plan but you got an interactive plan in place yeah. to get people more involved so you can form a sense of community around the thing that you're make like you make it it's just it's you know whether you get a thousand people or a million people it, you know it just it's so cool and nice to hear cuz like i'll be honest like um you know like i re- lately i've been working more like indie comics but like mainstream comics, like there is a community, but you don't really a lot of times get a sense that there is one until you go to a convention and meet, meet fans and stuff. Right. Because a lot of times you just you draw the stuff like for me, I draw the stuff and then it just goes off and out into the world and then I move on to the next thing. And so it's really just it's nice to see that like, oh, hey, here's my baby and I'm sharing it with all of you. Like, come. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. That's just cool. It's really it's just really, really cool, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, and that's one thing I'm most looking forward to. I know I said earlier I'm nervous about the convention, but I'm also really excited. Hell yeah. You just, should yeah. be. Just to talk to people and interact with people and uh like I said, they got me sitting next to John Skip and like across away from some other writers that I know. And Authors Alley is like real close to the to the celebrity autograph section, mm-hmm. so there's yeah. going to be a lot of traffic. And yeah. I'm just looking forward to interacting with folks. So, so uh, now I got to ask: Are you gonna you gonna dress up? You gonna wear like what's a the cosplay? Here we go. Yeah, I'm not doing any cosplay. However. Um, there is a graphic illustrator in New Zealand named Alistair Hughes, who has been on Monster Kid Radio before. Uh, he's a podcaster himself. Uh, and years ago, I started working on this and mentioned it to him because I was asking him about maybe doing some logos for me. And he said, sure, here's six. Uh, so he gave me six different logos for a six-week rotation. And I can't pick which one I like the, mo- the best. So I took all six of them. Um, and I turned them into a pattern that I'm having put on a shirt for myself and cool. a skater dress for my fiance. So we'll be wearing those at the table. Awesome. <laughs> That's cool, man. Kind of That's promoting that. Uh, even yeah. got like a little face mask to wear with the logos on it as well. Um, so that's what I'll be wearing at the con. Um, I don't have the courage to do a full on cosplay myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't but, blame you. but my fiance wants to and has so all right maybe maybe next year you know but right now i'm there as a professional author desperately trying to sell my book yeah are you gonna do the whole like you know blazer the cool cool author thing where you wear the blazer over i don't the think i'll wear the blazer. Shirt. you know the shirt is it's like a hawaiian style shirt in terms of the cut the pattern's That's cool not really like hawaiian but it's it's cool um, that's cool that's yeah. right you're you're a big hawaiian shirt guy right yeah, i am yeah. also a hawaiian shirt guy I'm either I'm Hawaiian either Hawaiian shirt. or flannel. There's no in between. There you go. Yeah. Do you uh, love me a good Hawaiian shirt? Do you that? have uh because I know you have merch for Monster Kid Radio, places where people can get stuff. Uh do you have like uh, a Hawaiian shirt uh pattern for Monster Kid? Uh not a pa- like I have the cut. Um yeah. Because I mean it's a particular kind of cut the way it kind of hangs on you and the buttons and all that. Yeah. But it's not a traditional Hawaiian pattern yet. Oh, okay. it's something I'd like to do. Hell so. yeah. 
That, yeah. that starts to get a little further away from my wheelhouse, that kind of graphic design. I'm a writer. Yeah. There's a reason why I'm writing about superheroes and not drawing them. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Like I, I can do stuff on Photoshop. I'm pretty proud of what I can do there. But, oh, boy, what you do, Tad, and, and people like you. Oh, my God. No way. I can't. I can't compare. Oh, stop it. Stop. <laughs> he, it. He, he says that, but he wants you stop. to keep going. I just want to get invited back. Okay. So, yeah, you for know, sure. I, I figure if I you know suck up to at least one of y'all. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not going to be me. So yeah. <laughs> you, you know, they just keep making me out to be this monster. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. I don't understand where it comes from. But okay. uh, no, I do have Monster Kid Radio merch. Uh, I'm not going to have any like traditional merch to sell mm-hmm. at the convention. Uh, sure. If I remember correctly, I think you kind of tried to sell merch one year. Tad and that was at Rose City. Matt. That was at Rose City, right? Were you were you there when I got into it with the staff? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So, um, yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, because like, yeah. So I'm not gonna they, have any merch. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird because they they had us at the time they had policy, or they were is at the time when they were trying to in- initiate some policy where, oh, it, it could only be your artwork. Yeah, and. I remember a a client, a guy I was working with, a writer had made up a bunch of just ball caps. Yeah. With the logo for the book that I had done with him. And I had them on the table. And yeah, someone, some gal that was there. And it was I just it was one of those where you're like, but it's my artwork on the the hats. There was they they sent paperwork for us to sign, but there was nothing saying that you couldn't sell hats and t-shirts with your work. Meanwhile, there was tons and tons of people there that were selling prints and other things of other people's work. Yep. Yeah. And I remember pointing that out to the woman and I was like, go get your, you know, go get your manager, please go. Well, we'll have to escort you. No one came to escort me. You know, it was just one of those, like, I think someone was just feeling their oats and like, Oh, yeah. I'm important. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not usually one to shy away from that kind of confrontation. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, and, and so that was a different convention. It wasn't this one. It wasn't Fan Expo or Wizard World. So, you know. Yeah. Was, but yeah, I don't have any extra merch or anything to sell like that. I just want to have the books. I'll have, uh, I have to order them still, but I'll have bookmarks and, and maybe some stickers. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Of various things. So. Right on. Stickers Stickers seem to be a good uh, good route to go these days. It seems like people yeah. really like those. People love the um, stickers. They love them. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Bri, I think it's time. Oh, is it time? It's time. All right. Hit him, hit him with it. All right. Oh. So we're doing this next piece. It's called The Question. And so The Question, I don't know if you remember this, uh, but we ask every guest who comes on the show, and that is if you were given free reign to do a series, and, oh, you know, for you, we're going to go novels since you're you're an author, of any uh, uh, any licensed character. It doesn't have to be a comic book. It can be movie show whatever um what would you do who would you pick any established character any established character all right um my favorite comic book character uh is doesn't have his own book i don't think he ever has he's had a miniseries and he's appeared in other books he's a former avenger he's been killed more than once um, he's fought zombies. Um, he's hung out with a silver surfer. His first appearance, though, was in a issue of Deadly, Hand- Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. It's a guy by the name of the Jack of Hearts. 
The Jack oh. of Hearts. I love the Jack of Hearts so much. Uh, wow. He recently appeared in some She-Hulk comics where he hooked up with She-Hulk and was like, yeah, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like hey. chicks, you know? Yeah. Who does? Um, and I was really excited because I was like, oh, man, Jack of Hearts is hooking up with She-Hulk. Would he per- turn up on the show? I don't know. But uh, Jack of Hearts is a half alien, half human character from Marvel. Uh, that I've just been a fan of forever. Um, I'm not sure why. I just, I read his miniseries. Looking him up. I was comics and just fell in love with him. I love his design. I love his book. And if you write a Jack of Hearts series, I wouldn't a hot minute, man. If they'd let me play with that character, I'd have a blast. Would you want to do novels or would you want to write comics? I would love to write comics. At one point, I thought I'd write comics when I grew up. Um, yeah, I think we all have that, though, you know, sure. comic book fans. Boy, I want to write a comic book. I want to make a comic. Yeah, this whole last year was me um, battling with different companies trying to let me write comics. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to do a Jack of Hearts comic. But, you know, if I could do a novel, I'd do a novel. I'd be all over it. All right. I'd be that, all over it. Jack of yeah, like you guy. said, that used to be a thing that they did. Like, I even remember as uh, like even in the 90s getting my hands on several superhero novels. Oh, yeah. Like I think I want – because, you know, like in elementary school, you have to do like book reports. And I remember around the time that the death of Superman happened, I remember mm-hmm. finding like, oh, they wouldn't let us do comics. But I found a workaround that someone did like a 500-page novelization mm-hmm. of the death of Superman. I was like – I did that well, for in high school for Batman No uh, No Man's Land. I did a book oh, report on – That was good stuff too. They did the novelization of it. Yeah. 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 That's Wait, good. So high school? Come on, man. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm well, just joking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I, I – I think that would be really interesting if they started bringing that back. I think there would actually be a market for it, especially in this there, day. And age. There is. It's happening now. Um, I'm friends with a guy by the name of David Annandale, who's been on my podcast before. He's a Canadian yeah. writer. He's primarily known for writing uh, for the Black Library, a lot of Warhammer fiction. Okay. But he is also writing the Doctor Doom trilogy for them as a novel. Awesome. And it's all original stuff that he got to, you know, take the Doctor Doom character and yep. do something brand new with him. Obviously, he's got to run it by Marvel and everybody else to make sure it's on. I used to check out. I used to check out like uh, X Men. They used to write. There were X Men novels and and all of those back in. You know, I remember when I was uh, you know middle junior high high school. uh, Yeah, all those different characters that had novels. If I may give you a little advice, Hmm. may I? You're very good at what at the at everything I've seen you do creatively. You're very good at it. Do not be afraid to hit people up like your friend, um, obviously in a nice capacity, but don't be afraid to put yourself like to be like, hey, I want to do this because that honestly, that is how these doors open sure. um, to do that kind of stuff. And like I said, everything I've seen you do is very, very good. Like the first book that we read of yours and reviewed a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Is, we were both like, I'd never read, I'd only heard listen to the podcast. I didn't know you could write. And I'm a very picky reader, not saying that my taste means anything, but I remember Brian and I both being like, oh shit, this is really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. is there going to be more? And so like, I'm, what I'm saying is like, you could write for a novelized, a novel for Marvel or DC. So like, go well, for it, dude, that. do it. I- like hit that guy up. Send if, you, if you end up writing like a Batman novel, uh, 
Tr- right in Tad just getting the shit kicked out of him by, no, by Batman. No, no, do it. No, it no. would be he would hate it so much, and it'd be so great. You, you can I tell? Can I tell Brian? Can I tell Derek why I would hate it so much? <laughs> I, well, I want to know. I want to know. Well, the, I've, 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 I've pitched this a million times on the podcast at this point. Like our f- listeners hate it because they hate it if they're here. If they're here for Bry. They're they're hardcore Batman, but my whole thing is like Batman's just a guy, right? We all feel oh, our age. No. At oh, some no. point, Batman's going to be like, I beat up, I've faced aliens, I've faced everything. He's going to walk in an alley, and he's going to be like, well, oh, it's just another mugger. Meanwhile, that mugger is like, I don't know, Golden Glove champion or something, and he's going to be like, he's going to just beat the trash out of bat. That's all that you know. That's why. That's my thing. It's like I would that's love. Why that I want, to that's why I want it to. Ha- that's why I want no. someone to make you get their ass kicked by Batman. No, <laughs> no. I want Batman. I want wow. Batman to get beat up by like an angry dad or something. I think that would be so great. Like, I think that'd be. Good. I think just. Oh, I think that'd be amazing. Fans oh, would hate man. it. But could you imagine if just Detective Comics whatever came out like next month and it's just like <laughs> Batman gets the whole thing is like in the first couple of pages, Batman gets trashed by like a regular guy and then it's just him in the Batcave like, am I am I done? Am I over the hill? Like, what am I doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, that dad would become famous because like some security cam would like pick it up and he'd be like doing like a media circuit like, yeah, I'm the dad beat up Batman. Like, <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but. I, I, I love that so much. I would read that. I love that so much. Right? I'm sorry, so Brian. I, I love it. That's I love great. It. Well, it'd be like, um, it, it, but it'd have to be like the issue after, like he, you know, the 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 one that just came out where he like fell from the moon and landed on his feet. Next right. issue, he gets the shit kicked out of him by a dad. <laughs> <laughs> he like he like maybe he like cuts him off or something and almost like causes his kids like he's got kids in the back almost causes like a massive wreck and like you know Batman's just Batman just being Batman and this dad's like that's it enough you're causing all this collateral damage you almost killed my kids my wife was in the front seat and then Batman <laughs> says something and then the dad just snaps. And just beats the shit out of him. There it is. Yes. There it is. I'm Boom. In. DC, hire me right now. Let's, <laughs> do never, it. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's put that, that pitch together. Off of that yeah. pitch, you're never getting hired to write a Batman book. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh. No, I mean, it would be awesome to write comics, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm having one of the novels too. And just That's great. I've always been a, I've always been a creator. I've always been a writer. I, I've always been somebody who, when he finds something that he falls in love with, he wants to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Like I love movies and, you know, I wanted to make movies when I grew up. I, I loved rap music. I wanted to be a rapper when I grew up. I love comic books. I wanted to write comic books when I grew up, you know, I, I, that's but with the novel. I kind of get to do a little bit of all, well, without the rap, I get to do a little bit of all of it. Cause you know, I get to write a story without budgetary concerns. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know you were a rapper. I got to ask who is your, who's your, who's your goat? Are you a Tupac oh, guy, yeah. Biggie, so I was in a rap group. What? What? <laughs> and we're dude, this is an episode of exclusives. Yes, What's it going is. on? Okay. So when I went to film school, so this this happened. My love of rap music developed when I lived in of all places, Cheyenne, Wyoming. <laughs> okay. I, I went to film school in Bozeman, Montana. And nice. I, I became really good friends with I mentioned him earlier, Mike Marisitz, and mm-hmm. he and I formed a rap group called So Damn White. <laughs> oh 
my god, awesome. I love it. I love it. We we didn't do a lot. We did a couple of things on college radio. That's cool. We were going to release an album called Out of Toner. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, just it, it never really, you know, we we didn't take it as seriously as we probably should have if we really wanted to make a go at it. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it was fun. Sure, huh? Yeah, uh, Mike, Mike was kind of like the producer guy. He'd do some lyrics, but I was the front man. I'd do the beatboxing and things like that. Wow, um, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, wow. Uh, to answer your question, <laughs> um, I have found myself a lot lately listening to a lot of Eric B and Rakim. Rakim was just Rakim was amazing. You know, follow the leader. Eric B for president, just you know, wow. all that stuff. Um, see, see, I like amazing. I like that answer because it's not the stereotypical like, oh, Biggie, Drake, Tupac. You know what I mean? Like, it's I mean, they're good. Yeah, they're good. But man, I I go back to what made me love rap music, and that sure. was Eric B and Rap Gam, um, Jungle Brothers. I've been really getting back into old Tribe Called Quest. Um, I oh, loved so Run DMC. Uh, the Fat Boys taught me how to beatbox. You know, yeah, um, you know all that stuff. So that's have, that's what. Have you reviewed the Fat Boys movie? Have I reviewed it? No. Have yeah. I viewed it? I used to own it on VHS and watched it all the time. You need to do a special review, man. That movie's I, amazing. I, I would sing <laughs> along to the uh, Baby You're a Rich Man sequence. Uh, I was all I loved it, man. It's awesome. Um, you know, I I was probably one of the few people who totally geeked out over the fact that the Fat Boys were on a Nightmare on Elm Street album. You know, soundtrack. Yeah. So, for, are you ready That's for awesome. Freddy? <laughs> I was all over that, man. That's so, yeah. awesome. Um, lately, I've been listening to a lot of nerdcore hip hop, um, which has been fun because it you know taps into comic books and role playing games and mm-hmm. movies and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of my wheelhouse these days. So, what's interesting, it seems like there's a lot of crossover with the newer gen coming up with yeah. all that kind of stuff, which in the past there wasn't. Every all that stuff was very. Uh, you know, you were either into this or you're into that. Right. And it seems like nowadays it's like hip hop, comics, uh, anime, all that shit is all D&D, like, it's all yeah, right yeah. it all comes together. It's really interesting. Um, I love it because I'm like, man, God, I'm I'm old now. Like, why couldn't this been like right I was, I grew like, up in, in the high wrong school? Era. Like, yeah, what the for fun, sure, man. And I I think you know, like I said earlier, I'm Generation X. Right, I was born in '73. Um, and there's a lot of really cool stuff that I got to experience growing up when I did, but there's no way I would talk as openly about my Dungeons and Dragons campaigns as my coworkers do, who are like 20 years younger than me. Yeah. Right. You know, and you know, I hear my trainer at work talking about this D and D campaign that he's playing and he's just paladin, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I was like, dude, if when I was your age, yeah, <laughs> I talked yeah. openly about that stuff, they'd call my mom. And be worried that I was like worshiping Satan or something because <laughs> you know the satanic panic was real. My mom still believes it. So you know Yeah. You know, so yeah. I made I made in small town Arlington, Washington, mm-hmm. like shout out to Arlington, but I made the varsity wrestling team in my freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. No way was anybody knowing <laughs> that I read Captain America religiously. No goddamn way. They yeah. would have beat the crap out of me so oh, yeah. goddamn every fast. Day. And every, I mean, they already beaten the crap out of me every day. It was all seniors and juniors. There's no way I was going to let them know. And then like, oh, that I could, then I would draw cartoons, superheroes occasionally. No, shh. they knew yeah. I could draw, but not that I, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that was my yeah. dirty secret. Then when I started reading like Dragon Ball Z, oh, yeah, I remember my dad even <laughs> used to be like, do you want to die? Like, are you, do you have a death wish? Like, they'll kill you. Now it's cool, man. Now it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it'd be like Mr. Badass. It'd be really great. You know? Yeah. No, now it's all. And my fiance has two daughters. Uh, one's 18, okay. one's 20. And it's been really interesting kind of trying to get to know them and the things that they're into. And I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I would have been into at your age as well, but there's no way I would have told anybody, let alone this dude my mom was dating. Cause you know, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was like this secret, you know? Right. Um, I still get a little kind of like when I talk about D and D or pro wrestling or any of the other nerdy or stuff that I obsess about, I still, I'm 49 years old and I still feel like I got to kind of talk about it in hush tones, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just got, I just got comfortable enough where when I was a kid, my, my go, my guy was Bret Hart, you know, mm-hmm. I lived up by the Canadian border. It was, he was the man, he was the goat. And it um, was, that's right. Best was best. There is best ever will be excellence of execution. Pink and black attack is back. I can name it all. Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, but like, he's now finally, because I guess he's revered. Like now he's finally getting kind of that respect. Like don't, he was actually like, his, his stuff was good he was a really good wrestler it was believable and so like there's this this uh it's i think they're called root of fight but they do all these like sweatshirts and kind of high-end t-shirts that are all like you know cassius clay and um you know like just all these other different even like um martin luther king just all these other like big influential people mostly athletes but occasionally they bring us like some civil rights guys but they did a bret hart line and i was like I'm buying the Bret Hart gear. I'm fine. I always wanted to have the black t-shirt with the pink skull of the skull with the teeth knocked out. Yeah. I always wanted that, but I was like, I'd never wear it to school. I don't want to get hassled. I, you know, I don't even want to remotely hint that I'm like, I'm into this stuff. And now it's like, I wear the, I, the neon pink sweatshirt. that says Hitman from like 1985 or whatever it is. I got the old school, like, uh, you know, um, nerd. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, I got the old school, you know, Stampede Wrestling uh, logo and stuff. Oh, like I don't know. Yeah, and it's just one of those where I'm like, I can wear this neon pink sweatshirt and no one's gonna say anything because I'm an adult. Damn it! Like, yep. like <laughs> and it's it's a hitman, man. He's legit. He's a badass. Yeah, t- two right. of the best things about being an adult is you can wear whatever wrestling T-shirt you want. Yep. And there's nobody to tell you you're putting too much Parmesan cheese. Is on your pizza. Those are that's the right. two best. That's right. Hey, hey, that's right. I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, I think we're kind of starting to wind down. Why don't we, uh, you know, like every episode, we like to kind of uh, bring things to a close. We like to go over what everybody's reading. So uh, what are you guys reading? Derek, you're our guest. What, hit us up. What? What? Yeah, it doesn't have to be comics. It could also be novels. Just you know, if you have been reading comics, even better. But what's uh, what's on the the nightstand? Uh, so right now, I am reading. Um, so comics wise, I don't go to the comic store as often as I, sh- I should, but I do do a Marvel Unlimited. Yes, so nice. I, you know, I read a lot of stuff there, and uh, the She Hulk stuff. Um, I'm fascinated by the Midnight Suns series they started there. Uh, it all goes back to supernatural and superheroes for me. So their Midnight Suns limited series are doing, which I'm, you know, they're doing the video game up for as well. You know, they get all the, the witches and the magic users. Have you, have you played that game? Is it good? 
I haven't played it yet, but I want to. Same. I keep hearing good things about it. So, uh, but I'm reading those comics. Um, uh, I'm currently reading, and I just had to pull it up on my phone because I can't remember the total title. I just started American Lightning, Terror, Mystery, and the Birth of Hollywood and the Crime of the Century by Howard Bloom. It's a a true story. Uh, It's talking about... um, it's looking at the history of like D.W. Griffith and early Hollywood. And he's the guy that did birth of a nation and a whole bunch of innovator of modern cinema. Very cool. Not because of the racist stuff in birth of a nation, just that's what he's known for. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's, it's his story, but it also kind of dovetails into a lot of unionization and union busting and some bombing that was happening, various plants across the country wow. and a mystery there. So that's been, you know, I'm reading that. I love old Hollywood stories anyway, so I'm reading that. That's great. Um, and then I'm also that, – that's like the nonfiction thing I'm reading. The The fiction piece that I'm reading is by a guy named uh, Lauren uh, D. Esselman. He's okay. got a series called uh, – let's see. I'm trying to pull up the exact name. Oh, well, it's just the Valentino Mysteries series. And uh, it's about a guy by the name of Valentino who works for – a uh, film school, a film department, and his job is to go through, go around and try to track down old lost films and lost media. And cool. he keeps finding himself wrapped up in various murder mysteries along the way. And I just, I find him fascinating. I love the series. Like I said, I love old movie stuff anyway. And to kind of mix it in with this kind of mystery noir stuff. Yeah. Uh, the most recent book in the series is called Indigo. That's what I'm reading right now. I just cool. finished the last wearing the capes installment by Marion G Harmon. So I don't have any current superhero novels that I'm reading just yet, but I'll be giving myself a crash course on what the new stuff is out there. Cause I've got that presentation coming up at fan expo about it. So I need awesome. to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Very cool. Brian. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't have the Marvel. I had the Marvel unlimited app for a while and then I switched it out. I'm now on the DC unlimited app. Um, which is really great as well. So I've been reading um, uh, the Superman War World Saga, which is oh, that, that just that just came out last year. I think it went for it was like a really long uh, action comic storyline. Uh, uh, there was a, there was some spinoffs to it as well. Uh, Superman and the Authority, Grant Morrison, Mikel Yannon did it uh, did that. But I'm doing the main the main run by. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. He's the he's the writer, also active active army right now too, uh, which is oh. really cool. Artist artist oh. by Ricardo uh, Federici and Will Conrad, and uh, this is it's such a fascinating story because the story is like Superman. He got some sort of radiation poisoning, so he's not at full health, but oh. um, a or not at full strength. Right, his strength is fading, and yeah. Uh, um, like an ancient sect of Kryptonians escape war world and crashes on earth. And uh, so, so Superman sees them and it's like, I need to go to war world so I can save the rest of these people. Um, yeah. And he's, he's depowered. So he doesn't have, his, he's not as powerful as he was. The justice league won't go with him to help him. They're like, yeah, we can go in like a couple weeks. And he's like, no, fuck that. I like, they're like, people need to be freed. I'm going now. Um, and so he goes and they're ready for him. They're ready for him. They they like radiate red sun or red kryptonite is uh kind of radiated around the planet so he's like super wow. super depowered. 
um, and he's got to fight his, and he gets stuck in like the gladiator pits of War World. Um, oh wow, it's really cool and like just a really great. Um, I think I think uh, Philip Johnson just he just does such an awesome job of like writing Superman and who who he is as like a person and how he's just a like how the most powerful person is also like just the best person, you know? Um, yeah. He's trying to, trying to, trying to save everybody. And uh, yeah, man. And the art is really great. It's just a, just a fantastic story. And uh, it's actually probably something I'll pick up, you know, collected once it's, uh, I think it, I don't know if it's all done. It might, it might be all said and done at this point, but uh, yeah, it's really, really great. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. What about Very you? Cool. What are you reading? Um, I didn't read too much, but I did. Uh, so when I was out on, uh, I was out in uh, Kona, Big Island. Uh, I had some time to kill, and I was like, "Well, are there any comic shops out here?" And I found there was one that was only a couple blocks away from where we were, like just hanging out. So we ended up walking to it, and it just opened. I think it only been open for a couple months. It was a place called Wonderberry Comics. And I just kind of wanted to shout them out. Like there was a small shop. They mostly just had like newer stuff. There wasn't a lot of back issues or anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they had all the like Marvel DC image stuff. But then what was really cool is there's a couple in Kona there. There's a couple local creators. Um, and they carried their books, like just, just like indie guys that were like, I want to be a comic book artist. Yeah. So they're, you know, just, self-printing and they had them like they gave them their own little like you know hey local local comic sh- like shelf it was just really neat to see so because cool. it's yeah it's just cool like it's cool seeing a local shop promote like guys kind of like you know we talk about like that old school like ninja turtle vibe yeah where it's guys just putting their zines or their little comics out and like just just for the locals that's it you know it was really it was really cool to see but um I ended up picking up um I like the black label stuff that DC's doing. It's yeah. always interesting. And so I picked up uh the new Swamp Thing Green Hell that's coming up. Yes. And uh it's really interesting cuz it's kind of like the premise is you you're kind of opens up like you're you're listening to the perspective of like the green and then death. They're like almost having, I don't want to say an argument, but they're discussing the state of the world and the world is like almost like water world. So there's been massive floods, cataclysmic flooding throughout the world. And so you have these pockets of people who are just living on little tiny, like either artificial islands or small little like mountain peaks that have, that are just still above the water line. And, um, and then, you know, there's like infighting and basically de- like kind of like the, the darkness, the death is decided like, oh, it's, you know, it, it's going to yeah. it's going to ramp things up. And uh, the green agrees with it. So you almost have like this evil swamp thing that's starting to like kill people. Well, he's kind and- of always been on the fence, too. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is one of the guys who survived this flooding is Al what's his name? Al, not Alec Holland, that is Swamp Thing, but um Constantine. Constantine has survived. And so of course he has. Like, right. And he's just like being Constantine, being cheeky. And uh he uh so he's like, oh, things are getting it's it's it. We're finally the the world is gonna try and kill the last of us, the last human holdouts. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He summons 
Alec Holland from hell or from the afterlife, the old Swamp Thing. And, you know, like Swamp Thing's pissed. He's like, just let me rest. And he's like, yeah, but we need you. And that's where like, that's where it ends. So I don't know if issue two has come out yet. Um, I'll have to go pick it up. Um, who who did that? Uh, Jeff Lemire wrote it. And then um, I hope I don't butcher the names, but uh, the artist is Doug Mahonky. Oh, Mankey. Mankey, thank you. Yeah. And the colorist was um I really like the colors on this guy named David Barron. Uh he just really did a great job, but um yeah, it was uh it was cool. I just I really like I've always liked Swamp Thing, so he's been oh, one of my yeah. favorite the best. um mainstream characters. It seems like he's one of those characters that he's kind of like Andre the Giant. They they roll him out for like big like kind of one shot <laughs> like matches events you know like here we'll do a swamp thing story here swamp thing story there i kind of like that he's one of those characters i don't think he needs an ongoing oh, he's about to he's get better. it ongoing with the with the new movie announcement i guarantee you in the next that's year true. or two there's going to be an ongoing swamp thing that's a good well that's i hope it's point. i hope it's good yeah dc let me know <laughs> there we go <laughs> call, call tad yeah let me, let me go and let's then, get jim lee on the line yeah, let's get Jim Lee calling hey, in right now. He's going to be a fan expo. You want me to put a word in? I mean, yeah, just drop. You should be like, oh, hey, he's yeah, not going to be. Is he really going to be a fan expo? I think he's going to be. I'm he was at Rose City this last year. I just said that. Now I better double check. Yeah. <laughs> Bry's like, well, I guess I'm going I guess to I'm gonna go. If Jim Lee's going to be there, I'm going. Yeah. So, God, they're bringing out all the stars, man. They are going on. I know Simon Beasley is going to be there, which is awesome. We saw we Ooh. met him at uh, the summer Washington SummerCon last year. Good dude. And then I read one other book. It was a research uh, kind of nonfiction. I don't know what you call it. It's more research for me. But I picked up this great book. It's called the uh, the Saurian. Uh, it's called Saurian, a field guide to Hell Creek um, is actually for a video game or not a video game, but like a computer game mm-hmm. um, that was done through, I think, Steam years okay. ago. I don't know if the game was ever released because one of those like it just seemed like every time they're about to release it, they just were like, oh, we're going to rework it. We're reworking the environments, we're reworking the animals. Yeah. But they brought in all these paleontologists and they just did this. It's like maybe one of the best breakdowns of the animals that lived at that time and cool. so i was like all right uh, and they get into like n- not just dinosaurs but like insects fish reptiles mammals plants you name it and i'm getting ready to mm, possibly do the next dinosaur project nice and yeah like i'll be honest i, and I'll, I guess i'll sit here we, i mean if Anybody doesn't like it too bad. I went through a, a whole year of like pitch pitch meetings yep. um, to do the sequel and we did rewrites and ultimately, well, I'll just say both parties just could not come to an agreement. Um, and I, and, you know, I just, it, they did, they couldn't do what I wanted that I need, what I needed yeah. for me to do the book that we both wanted, if that makes sense. Yep. And, um, and then the also like my original concept w- that I wanted was rejected. And then we had um, a few episodes back. We had Steve Bissett of Swamp Thing. Yep. Uh, he came on and I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Maybe we did. But a little bit. I, yeah. I had told him the premise for my original pitch that got just shot down. And I think I want to say it's probably after we recorded. I think you're but right. He, he, I, you know, I told him what the original concept was. And, you know, he basically goes – they're fucking idiots for shooting that down. That's one of the best speculative like T-Rex, you know, concepts I've ever heard for speculative paleontology. Like 
that's what you need to do. Yeah. And his voice has been ringing in my head for the last, like since we had him on the yeah. last few yeah, months. So it's one of those where it's like, fuck it. I'm back in. I'm going to do it. Like, even if I don't, you know, I just, I'll just do it independently. Um, It'll be a, sl- it'll, you know, it'll be a slow burn, not necessarily backward, but it'll be a slow burn. There we go. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I think I'm going to end up doing it probably later this year through a Patreon or something like that. It's just a Patreon comic. I don't, you know, I called in last week asking uh, the, our, our guests and guest host what they thought of a Patreon. And, uh, you know, they, they gave, you know, Layla gave a really honest answer, which I thought was good. I actually, you know what? You probably use that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on Patreon in terms of exclusive content? Uh, it's hard. Um, I, I'm constantly reworking the Monster Kid Radio Patreon because it's it's hard to, for me anyway, to create the exclusive stuff while doing the regular stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it's a lot of, it's extra work. And it's, I found it very difficult for me to maintain. Hmm. Are, there, are there any pros to it? more money (laughs) more money you know you bring in some money you know i i i mean i'm working a day job i'm not happy about it but you know i I don't have you know the income coming in from monster kid radio and and those things yet that make it possible for me to leave the day job so i will you know i will always be thankful for those who support me on me on patreon a little over 100 bucks a month or so you know that's great kind of you know, yeah. pay pay for the site and pay for the the hosting and all that. So at least there's that, and I will never ever not be appreciative for that. Yeah, but I always feel bad because I feel like I can't keep up the exclusive content people expect. So, would you know. would you say so? The key is essentially consistency, being able to, I guess, maintain consistency. Yeah, and then to meet the expectations of your your viewers. Yeah, okay. I did a a listener survey at the end of last year, uh, just to kind of get a, a check in with people to see what they like, what they yeah. don't like about monster kid radio, that sort of thing. And, you know, I just flat out said, you know, I, I have to rework the Patreon. I can't keep up the promises that I've made to you. And I'm sorry. Will this impact whether or not you support me on Patreon? And for the most part, people are like, no, we just love what you do. So we're going to support you on Patreon one way or the other. Yeah. So that's cool. That's really yeah. cool, man. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the things like we've been approached a few times about, um, creating yep. some kind of like revenue stream, but we avoided it just because we we're like, well, we do this podcast mostly for fun and we don't ever want to put it behind any kind of paywall. And, um, you know, also like we don't, part of the fun is that like we have the flexibility and there's no one like, oh, yeah. we don't have any pressure. Like you have to get this out right. Monday at 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Right. And it's yeah. nice being, I'll be like, okay, we'll shoot for an episode a week if we miss a week. Yeah. Cool. Or if like, you know, Something's like, hey, I can't record tonight. Let's do it tomorrow. Okay, no big deal. Yeah, you know, and like, and that happens uh, you know, a lot of yeah. time. Yeah, because you know, life. <laughs> um, yes. But, but no, I I'm just trying to um, people that I know that utilize Patreon. You know, whether it's big or small, I'm just trying to get an overall vibe. Um, just because you know, it's one of those things where like, okay, if I'm going to jump into the do this. I I need to do something that's one manageable uh for my workload but also like meets the expectations of the people that um I'm going to be you know trying to, to get to support the story. Yeah. Um I mean ultimately I'm going to make these books regardless. I mean that's my goal but you know if I can 
you know, I'd love to just some of my past experiences with like, say the publishing world. I, I, I love the indie. I love the indie market. I love the indie aspect. Yeah. And the, one of the big things I like about it is that, you know, you're not, um, well, just like we'll say with the dinosaur stuff, I always was limited on what I could do in terms of, um, size and scope. And a lot of it was taken out of my hands. And it's nothing against the publisher. It's just, that's the realities of like, you know, you, ha- you there's some battles you're going to win and some battles you're going to lose. And a lot of it just comes down to like monetary reasoning where it's like, I mean, you know how it is where like, if you want to create something like your novel series, like, yep. you know, you have a vision for it. And so you want to execute it to the fullest of your vision. And I'm kind of at the same point where like, I don't want anybody hamstringing me or shackling me, telling me what I can and can't do. Um, you know, and I already, like I said, I had to do that before and I got a little pushback from readers and I was like, well, if the people are no, if the viewers are noticing that, then like, I need to do what I wanted to do from the original standpoint, you know, like one of it was size. There was a few modifications that I was forced to do to the animals in the book that like made them more, I guess, into characters rather than animals. And like, if you're buying a dinosaur book and you, some people are cool with that, but a lot of people were like, mm, that's not cool, man. Why did you do that? And like, I, I had to, I was <laughs> right. forced to, sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Cause I know like, it's weird talking about that kind of stuff and a lot of people aren't comfortable with it, but I appreciate you no. being honest with me. <laughs> and yeah, also cool. um, I know there are two totally different people and their art styles are completely different. It is not Jim. Lee, it's Jay Lee who's going to be. Oh yeah, Jay Lee. So, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. wow, I want to correct great, myself he's there. Really great too. So um, when, when you go to the comic creator guest page, a picture of Jim Lee is on the background, and I think that's why my brain latched on the Jim Lee and just saw Lee elsewhere. It's Jay Lee that's going to be there, not Jim. Um, Lee. I Jay Lee is uh, he's one of the first pro guys that I met. Like I have one, I think I have one of his sketchbooks uh, that he like gave to me, like way 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 back. So wow. yeah, yeah, awesome. he's a cool guy. Really cool guy. Um, cool. All right. Uh, do you want to, uh, I guess kind of, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think I'm going to take us home. I think yeah. I'm going to take us home. Yeah. Um, and you know, Tiger Cubs, uh, you know, as Tad earlier mentioned, the Steve Bissett episode, if you want to find the Steve Bissett episode and all of our other episodes, as well as, you know, pages of Operation Blue, you can do that at bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. That's the home of the revenge tour. Uh, everything is there for you. It's free. Um, you can subscribe. So you don't even have to, uh, you don't even have to go searching for it. It'll just come directly to your inbox. Anytime we post something new, um, uh, want to give a huge shout out to Derek cooks of monster kid radio. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. That was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I cannot wait. Tad and I both can't wait for your, uh, for your next book on back burner. Uh, that's going to be at the Portland Fan Expo. Uh, make sure you go there. Go to Author's Alley. Find the guy. Buy buy his book. Um, you won't be disappointed. Derek, where can where can folks find you at? So uh, if you want to talk podcasting, you can find you at monsterkidradio.net. That's where you're going to find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio. Uh, on the writing front, I have a website set up for me as a writer at monsterkidwriter.com. You can go check that out. And probably within the next two days, the refresh of the sixweekrotation.com website will be done. 
So if you want to just learn about six-week rotation and that stuff, sixweekrotation.com. Monster Kid Writer is just all my writing stuff, and monsterkidradio.net is the podcast. Do you still do the uh, Twitch stream? So, yeah, that was one thing that we used to do, and then I got sick and busy and everything else. You can find uh, twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio. Please follow the channel there because I still will occasionally throw movies out there. But uh, one thing that my fiance and I are talking about doing is expanding that and making that a bigger thing through 2023. We will have more movies shown as well as some other original content that we're working on. Uh, so you can find me on Twitch as well. And uh, yeah, just cool. give me a follow over. I'd say subscribe, but I'm not doing things on a regular basis yet. So I'm, I'm comfortable asking for money on Twitch. But hey, if you got a few extra bucks, I'll take it. Why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you can find it twitch.tv slash radio as well. And what are the dates for the Fan Expo? Just so the folk, the listeners know if they happen to be in the Northwest. Fan Expo. The 17th is to the 19th of February, I believe. That's correct. Okay. So that's, that's right. coming up just in a couple of weeks. All that's right. right. That's right. I'm excited. Come to me. There you go. I would go. love to meet you. I would love to meet you. Perfect. Awesome. Well, that is all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? No, not really. But... Uh, <laughs> I wish I did. I, I'm trying to think if I have anything to promote. I don't. I really don't right now. Um, I, You know what? I do. I will be at Emerald City Comic Con oh, the you first will? weekend of. Yeah, I will. Oh. Me. Brian will be in the background. Don't worry. He'll be there. He'll be where he'll be there. No, Brian and I will be at Emerald City and we'll be uh, doing comics, all the stuff. So come see us. Maybe Derek will be there, too. Maybe we'll see him running around. So, uh, yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Well, if that's all you got, what time is it? Hit the music. 